right, everyone, welcome back to tuning in to Living Dead Queers. Uh, this week we have a slightly different episode, something that to modern day people would not necessarily consider a horror film, but definitely way back in the 50s when this came out, this was categorized as a horror film. I would say it would fit into the genre of socio-political horror. We have Gojira from 1954, the very first and very original Godzilla film from Japan. And question for you, uh, with this movie, would you say because of this movie, it spawned all the giant monster movies we had in the U.S., like Tarantula and, you know, 10,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea, all these things? Came well, 10,000 Leagues actually came before Gogeta, but what Gogeta really did was re- kind of like how George Romero re- reinvented part of the horror genre mm-hmm. Gojira reinvented some of the, like the sci-fi horror genre in, in itself especially like how they even made the movie in the first place was groundbreaking and it set the new standard for kaiju and giant monster movies there on out so this is going to be more like basically in my opinion this podcast be more like an interview of me interviewing the foremost expert on godzilla <laughs> so let me ask you this okay here's another one for you so I watched it again today, and the one thing I really noticed a lot between this one and the other one I like, Godzilla Raids Again, I believe it's called. Yes. So with these two, what I noticed, especially with this one, because the other one you really don't see him that much, but this one, when he's walking around Tokyo, wherever else he's walking around, it doesn't look fake like in the late 60s, early 70s movies where it looks like a man in a giant rubber suit stomping on fake toys and all that. This one actually looked really good. Because when it got to the late 60s and into the 70s with the series, they had huge, huge budget cuts because they just wanted to pump one out, like one a year, because they had evolved Godzilla from this horrific metaphor of all these different things and just like the horrors of society and something you should really fear. And they eventually turned it into uh, children's movies in the 60s and 70s. So that's why you see the quality drop like so much. I mean, it dropped a lot because like I said, in the first two, you saw like, wow, this is, he's not stepping on model trains. I mean, he is obviously, but it doesn't look as bad. I don't know if it was because of the black and white or because they decided to really cut their budget on everything. It was mainly budget cuts. Like hell, even in um, your favorite one, uh, the sequel Raids Again, which only came out like six months later. That's how fast they made that one. And yet it still is good quality. Like... It just depends on the circumstances of the production. But in that one, um, when Gojira uh, bites into Anguirus's neck to kill him, like you see blood. You, granted, it's black and white, so it can get through censorship. But yeah, he bites into his jugular, and there's blood pouring out of Godzilla's mouth and all over Anguirus's neck when he kills him. I, I, I really do put the first two Godzilla movies, especially the first one, I would definitely classify that as horror. Because it's not like the other Godzilla movies. It just, it's just not. I don't think it's very science fiction-y because... In the 50s, we had horror films with giant monsters. Like I said, Tarantula, or the movie Them with the giant ants. So you had all these like movies that came out. Yes, they were horror films because they were creepy. And Godzilla, the first one to me, was a very creepy movie. It wasn't like the Godzilla movies, we, which I think started basically with King Kong vs. Godzilla, where it got a little, started to get a little silly. Which mm-hmm. that was the third one, correct? Yes, in 1962. Yeah, and that's when it started to me getting a little like, okay, they're doing a little, because that, Meh. But mine, the one I like the most, well, third mode, or I don't know. I like Godzilla vs. Hedorah, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. Smog Monster, which in that one, too, that one, to me, is more of a horror film, not a 
campy movie. It just, it just. Yeah, that one is like right in the middle of their era of them being children's movies. And a lot of the scenes still plays off as like a children's film, but there's still a lot of scenes where the director, uh, Yoshimitsu Bano, he goes like real like gory horror in some moments of that scene of that film. And I'm like, oh, I love this. <laughs> oh, like when the, when the smog monster or Hedora, whatever you want to call it, all those people were in the car when it slaps down on them. That was like, that was like a very tense moment. It wasn't like funny, like, oh, let's laugh at these people with bad dubbed language. No, it was like, wow. Wow. I don't know why I sound like uh, Christopher Walken. Wow. <laughs> a lot more of the uh, horror and, like, I would say sociopolitical horror aspects of the original Gojira would have to be this actual original Japanese cut and not the one that was uh, re-edited and came out uh, two years later in 1956, which would be the original version of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Because yeah. they cut out, like, uh, they cut out roughly, like, 15 minutes of footage from the Japanese cut. And filmed within a span of three days, a brand new script and new footage with an American actor who's like there as like a news reporter to like get the story a little bit more lighthearted and also kind of cover up some of the political metaphors that were in the original film about what the culture in Japan went through after the United States dropped the nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah, I was just actually going to ask you about the, uh, about, it's literally, you read my mind, basically. I was going to ask you about the different cuts. Well, don't all Godzilla movies have basically have two cuts? Not necessarily. Some of the older ones do have a bit more different cuts where they maybe will add, like, an English language actor for, like, a couple minutes, or they cut out a number of scenes just to make the runtime a little bit shorter. And, of course, um, when you dub a film, when you translate, you can't do 100% translation because then it might not work well with how much time they're talking on screen versus what you have to translate. So then they would have to fub the scripts a little bit and abridge them and simple them down a bit more. So if you ever watch like the dubbed versions of Godzilla films, just go in mind that you're basically listening to like a watered-down version of the storyline because it's about what they best they could do internationally releasing those films back in the day. And yeah, let me tell you people something, just so you know. Um, there was times, Quentin and I are besties, basically, and he would come over here all the time with a backpack or whatever. Hey, look what I brought, blah, blah, blah. We, at one point, I don't know how many Godzilla movies we watched within a week, then we switched it to Gamera. It was like, yeah. Because him and I became friends because of Godzilla and Gamera. Mostly Gamera. Because you were, you were more so used to the, uh, the Shawa era of Godzilla and Gamera. To those listening, the... Um, eras of Godzilla are based on the era, eras of like the royal family and the government. So it was the Shawa era of all these giant monster movies were from the 50s until like 1980. And so he was used to woes as a kid because as a kid he'd, he'd pick, go to the video store, pick up the video cassette, or he'd see it on TV playing in the afternoon. And so I introduced him to like the other generations of Godzilla, the Heisei era, which was the 80s and the 90s, and the Millennium era, which was the 2000s, and all these other ones he hadn't seen yet. And he's like, oh, wow, these are actually pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, the one, so here's what turned me off of all those, because in Godzilla in 1985, when that came, my mom took me to see that, and I was like, oh, this movie fucking sucks. This movie's horrible. I'm like, this is nothing like the Godzilla movies that I watched in the, in the 70s and the 60s, those, because those are like, I like the cheesy campiness of them. I do like the ones that you showed me from the, the rest of the ones from the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s. To me, though, they still don't hold up as much as... I guess it's more of a nostalgia thing for me. But what I liked in the Godzilla movies, with I do like the rubber suit man stepping on stuff, but... For most people, most Godzilla fans, they consider the height of the series to be two different 
areas, they consider the height of the series to be both the first part of the Shawa era, which was from from like the films from 1954 until 1965, and then all the ones in the 90s. Most Godzilla fans consider those two decades to be like the height of Godzilla cinema. I would say the ones in the 90s out of the three other, like from the 80s to the 2000s, then I'd say the 90s are the better ones. Which is the one where he froze, not froze, he was stood still and he was like a radioactive bomb in the middle of the town? That was um, Shin Gojira, my favorite one from 2016. I would say they, they, put a lot of, they put a lot of effort into that one. That one is the closest we will ever get to a modern day version of the actual original film. So let me ask you this, how come, to me, I think the most forgotten Godzilla movie of all time has got to be Raids Again. Because it was, um, it was never readily available ever in the United States because of the studio that released it back in like 1959. Because of copyright stuff like that, they couldn't get the copyright to Godzilla, so they rename it, re-edit it, so they got rid of everything that was Godzilla, even though it was clearly Godzilla with a different name. Then the studio went under for a number of decades, so it was kind of lost... And then finally, it wasn't until the last, like, 15 years, it was able to be, like, released in the United States, like, home video. Okay, that, that explains it. Because I was going to say, because that one, when I first saw that one, it was late at night. Someone was playing late at night on TV. Maybe it was Sonny Spangoli or something. He had the movie or whatever it was. I watched him, like, and I, that's when I told you, like, wow, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, because that, though, the original, the first two had the original feel of, like, a horror film kind of movie. Uh, more so the original one, obviously, but... I think they started, like, did you, I, I, growing up, I loved King Kong vs. Godzilla. Because I, I was a big King Kong fan. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw that, I was like, wow, this is cool. I think that one's good. I don't think that one was as campy as the other one. It had some camp value to it, obviously. But I don't think it was as campy. What would you rate I that I finally one? just watched, uh, several months ago, I finally watched the original, actual, like, Japanese cut of the original King Kong vs. Godzilla from the 60s, and... That one has a couple campy parts, but other than that, it's a straight-up serious movie. Where the camp comes in is the redubbing of the English language, where they add in jokes, dubbing over their dialogue. Yeah, and I was so disappointed in the remake of that. That remake sucked so bad. Yeah, um, the previous King of the Monsters one from 2019, granted it has some major flaws to me, I still consider that within maybe like number five of all 36 Godzilla films, but... The new Godzilla vs. Kong, I consider the bottom five of all those 30-plus movies. I consider the new King Kong vs. Godzilla the worst one ever made. And that's worse than the 1980. That's, no, I'm, hold on. Second worst one, if we're going to count Godzilla 1998, which I shouldn't even count that, but... <laughs> that one works by itself as a giant monster movie. Get rid of everything, the word Godzilla, replace it with a different name, and it's just better. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't even look like... A, it, was a, it was awful. Wasn't that Roland Emmerich or whatever his name is that did that? Yep, and he came out and said he wasn't even a fan of Godzilla and he just did that film for a paycheck. Yeah, because he did, he did uh, what, Independence Day? Then he went to that. Mm-hmm. It was so awful. But anyway, let's. so King Kong vs. Godzilla, if we don't count 1998, I think the remake was the worst one of all of them. In 2019 one that you just said, King of the Monsters. Oh, but that movie, I, that one was just, I, it was just, I don't know. I didn't, it was interesting. It could have been better. I just think they tried to put too much... I think they tried to put too much the human aspect when everybody wanted to see the monsters. Where I think the biggest flaw with the new Kong film is the human characters are not done right and it's too much of the monsters to me. I, I thought it was really done poorly. I, I did not like that movie in the least bit. There was not one thing about it I liked. And then what was the... Uh, so what was the one with um, the hot fucking Aaron Johnson? 
Uh, that was just Godzilla 2014 with uh, Brian Cranston playing his dad. Yeah, okay, well, I brought up Aaron Johnson for a reason, because we can call him Godzilla on his own. Oh, but he... <laughs> yes, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know what we're talking about. But anyway, no, that one, I like to a certain extent. That one, I think, out of all of the the last three, that is obviously the best of the last three. But I think uh, I think those other creatures that they had were poorly done, whatever the hell they were supposed to be. I, I, what I feel is with the new American series, they're slowly turning into what the Shawa series turned into in the 60s and 70s. Camp and shitty? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, because like, I don't know, I don't know what that monster was. What what were they even called? Oh, they couldn't. They didn't find a historical name for them, so they gave them like an anagram name, uh, Muto, which was um, massive unidentified terrestrial organism. And they looked so horrible. The the the, the, the CGI in them were awful. They were so. Ter- I liked their designs because they were more like, oh, this is like a not very much of a conventional Godzilla villain. Okay, I like this aspect. They look like lead pen. They're like a big, like a piece of big piece of lead. And that's all. They, they, <laughs> it, it, it did look like lead with legs. I mean, it didn't like, I did not like the, but the thing is the story, the story in that one with Brian Cranston, all that stuff, that whole story was actually really good. You actually cared for the humans as opposed to the last two movies. You're like, oh my God, can they just squash these humans? Yeah, that's that's one thing I really love about the original film is that it focuses on the humans. And not only that, it's also just Godzilla by himself. He doesn't have an adversary or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, how much screen time did Godzilla have in the original? Like 10 minutes, 15, if even 15 minutes? Yeah, um, the original film is roughly like a few minutes more than an hour and a half. And I think he only has a total screen time of maybe like 12 or 14 minutes. Yeah. And it was, it's same in the, now in the remake, he doesn't even appear until when. About an hour in, because yeah. uh, Gareth Edwards wanted to do the quote-unquote Jaws treatment. No, and then the remake was okay with him, with the guy, because Godzilla looked good, he sounded great, all this and that, but I think, and get, tell me if you, what your opinion is on this. As the Godzilla films went along, not the, not the films, but the generations of them, like so, you know, the, whatever you called it, the 50s and 60s ones, then the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s, and then the American versions, to me, it's like, Every new crop of movies that come out, they make Godzilla bigger and with more power. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily good, in my opinion. I know you like I know you like the Shin Godzilla, but do you think in that one they made him too powerful? No, I kind of I, I I no, I don't think he's too powerful at all. And uh, he compared to like decades upon decades of other um, Godzilla films, that's the one that feels. To me, that is Godzilla. That is the original Godzilla from the 50s. Like, they nailed it. This is perfect. This is what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this completely mindless, emotionless metaphor of a beast that just walks forward. And if you get into his path, he's fucking murdering you. I'm like, that is Godzilla. That is perfect. What was the one, maybe this was the same movie. I can't remember. It started out, like, right away. This guy driving a car and Godzilla was right there. Oh, that was uh, Godzilla 2000. That was, God, yeah, because that one, um, that was, actually, I didn't mind that one. Which is the one where it was, like, blood everywhere. Was that Shin Godzilla? Yeah, because he's literally, like, blood's dripping off of him, and I love that. No, yeah, no, this is such a bad question to ask. Japan is so known for their technology, so known for being cutting edge and everything. Why can't they find a good cinematographer? No, they got some really beautiful movies, but usually those cinematographers are not working on giant monster movies. Okay, well, fair enough. And also, it's very much of a thing with the Japanese cinema that when it comes to, like, 
the, the monster movies, the uh, kaiju films, that's very much its own subgenre of giant monster movies. So they all have this specific look to them that they like to keep because that's like, quote, part of the genre, unquote. Yeah, I, I suppose. But I mean, it's just like you figure, but you, you already said they cut the budget. That's why. But I mean, some of these movies, I'm like, they're like the worst one ever. Actually, I'm sorry. Remember how I said, well, besides God, we're not, we're not going to count Godzilla 98. Is that okay? Because I don't mind going to refer to that as Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that one's not in the picture of the talk at all because we know that is the worst one. So I'm not going to talk about that. What was the one where it was nothing but cuts of other movies when this little kid is a big Godzilla, has a little Godzilla toy? That was the English language name of that one was Godzilla's Revenge from 1969. That has to be the cheapest done fucking movie ever. Because all the fights were stock footage from previous films. Yeah, and it was with this little kid in his backyard playing on a swing and a freaking ladder. Because uh, the whole movie is his imagination, like his, his dreams when he goes to bed at night. That's the plot line of the whole movie. Yeah, and it's like, okay, why would you buy your kid a Godzilla toy when this guy just crushed thousands of pe- or hundreds of thousands of people? So it's like, I, I just found that movie so disturbingly awful. Everyone agrees that that one is honestly the actual worst one. The reason I say Godzilla vs. King Kong is the worst one, the new one, because that was my favorite like monster movie growing up, was watching Godzilla and King Kong fight. Now, that being said, this one is horrendous, because it's, literally not, it's not even a movie, it's just a little kid on a slide or whatever, a swing slide, and playing with this Godzilla toy and whatever. I just thought it was so awful. <laughs> so what was the last Godzilla movie made in the 70s? That would have been 1975, and that was the English title, Terror of Mechagodzilla. And that was the final Godzilla movie to be directed by the director of the first five Godzilla films, Ishido Honda. He's the co-creator of Godzilla, and that was his last Godzilla movie after... He took a break from doing Godzilla movies for like 10 years, and then they brought him back for that one because the last movie didn't have much of a critical reception, and they're like, well, what if we bring back the original guy to make like... Like, oh, one last hurrah to see if we can salvage the franchise again. And it just failed again, so then they didn't make another Godzilla movie for 10 years. So, to let everybody know, what was the movie, the one before that he did? Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, because it was a direct sequel. I like the remakes of those, by the way. Those were good. The 90s ones, yeah. Yeah. So, let me ask this now. Okay, how many Godzilla movies are made between 54 and 75? Um, uh... Gotta be at least 20, right? No, I want to say 15. 15, okay. Now, obviously, the original one's your favorite from 60, 54 to 75. No, that's that's my number one for that era. Yeah, do, the you, original. Like, do you even like any other ones from that era besides that one? Uh, Mothra versus Godzilla is very good as well, which is the one that takes place after King Kong versus Godzilla. Okay. I thought that was okay, but I mean, I just don't like every time they show a Mothra one, he's got to be that fucking cocoon thing first or whatever. I never understood <laughs> that. Why can't he just be the giant fucking moth right away? Well, in that one, it's. Mothra first, and then it's her protecting her egg, and then Mothra kills herself protecting the egg, and the egg catches. And fights Godzilla? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, okay, those two, and what do you, I thought you liked Godzilla versus King Kong also. Uh, I like the Japanese cut now that I finally saw it. Okay. And then you didn't like, you liked Smog Monster, didn't you? Or Hedora? Yeah, I really did. Okay. So I would say with mine, obviously the original two, I do like the Smog Monster a lot. And the one, what was the other one I'm trying to think of? Um, where they're all f- talking together, and then that one is like, oh my god, uh, Rodan's upset because Godzilla did this to him. What was that one? 
Oh, that one was Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Yes. Oh, my God. You remember that? How I'm like, that, and you said, I'm sure they don't say that in the Japanese cut. And I eventually did see the Japanese cut after that. And yes, that's essentially what the dialogue was, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they made it cheesy as fuck, too. Not just the Americans. Because they, they tried to humanize the uh, monsters for the very first time. Because before that, the only one that had ever been humanized was Mothra. Yeah. So, like, who had their standalone movies? So, Rodan came... It was Gojira, Rodan, and then Mosura. Okay, so when did, uh, like, when I know it's a different student, when did, uh, compared to that, when did uh, Gamera kick in? Gamera was 1965. Okay, so about 10 years later. Now, because I know you always talk about Godzilla, this and that, but this is a fair question. What do you like better, uh, Godzilla or Gamera? Depends on the era. Okay, well, I'll tell you, the one movie you showed me of Gamera, which no monster movie ever did this, I think you, you know where I'm going with this one. Mm-hmm. Where the guy absolutely hated Gamera, even though he's this lovely big space turtle. That whole family hated him because he killed their family when he knocked over the building. Remember that? What was that one called? Gamera 3, uh, Revenge of Iris. Okay, yeah, that one was, I gotta tell you, that was the most realistic one about people like, hey, I don't care how this fucking monster saved the world. He killed my sister, killed my bro- killed my family. Until, uh, be- un- uh, until Shin Gojira came out, Gamera 3 was my favorite kaiju film ever really mm-hmm. okay that i did not know until just now actually yeah because like shin gojira rivals them all but before shin gojira for me it was gamma 3 all the way but another great one spawn because of godzilla was more the gargantuans yes i still need to see that one that is such an incredible that's not hbo max don't you have hbo max or no yeah i do you know what's on because that's actually a really good movie weirdly enough it was a film that was inspired by both werewolf movies and the Frankenstein films. So I wonder if it was Japan that made people call Frankenstein instead of Frankenstein's monster because of their movies. Oh, uh, it was um, Germany. Because a lot of the Godzilla films, when they were released internationally in Germany, they changed the title to Frankenstein for some reason because they thought it was more... It was they, they felt in Germany they could more easily market that to their people interesting because i always wonder why people always call oh when you oh there's frankenstein I'm like, no that's frankenstein's monster i always just you know see again on these podcasts even though him and i've been talking movies for the last four years or whatever on this podcast i learned new and new stuff so thank you for telling i was just curious about that i had no clue where everybody started calling frankenstein's monster frankenstein <laughs> but so let's go this all right so here's a good trivia you can give everybody the first guy to play godzilla how many movies did he play him in he played Godzilla from 1954 all the way into 1971. His final movie playing Godzilla was Godzilla vs. Hedorah. So he was in... How many is that? So yeah, the, the original actor, he acted in 11 straight movies back-to-back as Godzilla. And he's dead now, right? Uh, I think he... I, th- I want to say he passed away in 2016. Um, Haru Nakajima. Okay, so wait, how many, wait, so you're telling me between 54 and... 71. 71, they made 11 movies? Mm-hmm. Yeesh. Okay. Because, like, the only hiatus that they took was they didn't make any Godzilla movies from 56 until 61. There was no Godzilla films. Uh, somebody has a, who is your favorite, all of, the, all of the movies, which I know the answer to this. What is your favorite Godzilla opponent out of all the Godzilla movies? I think it's the one I cannot pronounce. Well, I got a few of them. I think maybe... My favorite opponent or group of opponents would have to be from my second favorite one because it's not just one villain, it's a group of them. It is the supernatural versions 
of Batagon, Mulsada, and Ghidorah from 2001's Giant Monsters All Out Attack. And that's where they drastically changed the origin of Ghidorah, where Ghidorah is not a space alien. He's a supernatural uh, deity. Okay. The one, you know which one I was getting at, right? Birolante? Yeah, beyond whatever. The, what, how do you pronounce it? Uh, in English, it would be translated to Biolante. Biolante, yeah. Because I remember you telling me, like, this is the most interesting Godzilla villain. Half Rose, half Godzilla. Yeah, did uh, that? would you put that up there too then, or what? Yes. I thought, that it was, <laughs> I thought that was your favorite one. No, I'll just have to go off of which film is, which is like my highest rated film personally that actually has opponents in it. And it would be that group in that one because out of my top three Godzilla films, only one of them has him fighting other monsters. The other two, he's by himself. So if I'm not mistaken, there are three movies over from, from 54 to now. There are three movies where it has Ghidorah fighting all the other monsters, correct? Oh, there's, there's, there's a lot more uh, Ghidorah films. No, 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 not, not just is... Ghidorah. I'm talking about Godzilla and Ghidorah and all the other ones. Because like, there's Destroy All Monsters. Ghidorah was in Mothra's 1990s film series. But other than that, Ghidorah, if he's in a film, it's only a Godzilla movie. Yeah. And um, he's only been in, like, what, three or four? No, it's more than that. It was um, his debut movie from 1964. Then the sequel, Astro Monster. Then Destroy All Monsters would be his third one in 1968. And then he comes in again with Godzilla vs. Gigan in 72. And then he comes in for the reboot version of him in 1991. And then he comes in in 2001 where he's a supernatural god. And then he comes in in 2004 with a brand new redesign. And then he comes back again in the 3D animated anime film, uh, Godzilla the Planet Eater, where he's like this celestial deity that literally swallows planets. And then also we got the 2019 American film as well. So he's in several Godzilla movies because he's considered Godzilla's biggest arch nemesis. And 2001 is going to be your favorite? Yeah. Okay. When I think of Godzilla's thing, I guess you think of Ghidorah, but I also think of the ones that everybody talks about is Rodan and Mothra. Yeah, Mothra is considered like Mothra, Godzilla, Ghidorah. They're considered like the most famous Japanese monsters. I would say I like the original Godzilla's the best. And then the 2000s that you showed me were probably my second favorite group. Because that was a little bit different, because the 90s ones were interesting. Because I like the 2000s were more action-packed, I believe, and more like... more. Most of the 2000s were mostly standalone movies. Yeah, okay, like, that's there what, yeah. Wasn't, aside from two of them being sequels to each other, all the rest of them are standalone by themselves. Yeah, and those are the ones I liked, I think. I mean, I actually, honestly, I like the 90s and the 2000s. I just can't remember which one I like better. Diving into a bit more of the original one and all of its mysteries and aspects and where everything came from in jazz, let's dive a bit more into the original one um the original gojira from 1954 when we go to ratings reviews etc on imdb we got 7.5 out of 10 78 out of 100 on metascore and over on rotten tomatoes we have a critic score of 93 percent and an audience rating of 89 percent well i'm surprised the first numbers you gave were so low those are um the highest of any godzilla film on imdb no, I get that, but I'm just I'm surprised they're not like in the 80s. The critic score is about right, so it's basically 9 out of 10, more than 9 out of 10 critics like Godzilla. That's the high, is that the highest fan one too or no? Mostly, yes. Okay. And like basically what even created this film in the first place was the one producer and co-creator of it, um, Tomoyuki Tanaka. He was um, a bigger producer for the studio at the time, and he wanted to really make a film that was inspired by the cultural change that Japan went through after the H-bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. 
And their only problem was when the Japanese government was rebuilt by the American government following their defeat in World War II, there was extra laws put into place that in the media they had to heavily censor anything about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, even if people were victims of it. So he had to come up with a creative idea, and he's like flying over from um, scouting locations for another film, and he's flying back to Japan, and there was a recent real-life tragedy where an American nuclear bomb test accidentally went off much bigger than normal and mutated and diseased a Japanese fishing boat that wasn't too far away because they didn't realize what was going on. And that's that's referenced in the opening of the original film where Godzilla keeps sinking all these fishermen ships and they're all like highly irradiated and stuff like that. And so when his producer, he's flying back to Japan, he looks down at these islands and he's reminded of that story and he's like, what if I take it from being an H-bomb and actually making the H-bomb into a living metaphor? Let's do that. Let's make it a giant monster movie, but still have the same exact subtext, cultural connotations of the horrors that our culture has been going through because of radiation and all these H-bombs. And we get the name Gojira from, in the script, they were not quite sure what he was going to look like, so I didn't really have an idea, so they used, like, descriptors. They're like, okay, so it's definitely a sea monster. It's huge, so whales, they're fucking huge in the sea. And I I might be wrong with the pronunciation, but the Japanese pronunciation for whale is Korea? No. It starts off, it, it, it ends with Jira. That's all, that's all I can recall at the moment. And then they're like, oh, but it's also like a big, hulking, strong beast. What's a big, hulking, strong beast? A gorilla. So the Japanese word for gorilla was gorilla. So it was very much of an amalgamation of both words. So they created a word, gojira. Which I would say Godzilla is probably the most recognized movie monster of all time. Quite possibly, yes. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Godzilla. And like a lot of the scenes, a lot of the scenes in the film are honestly just direct references to what Japan went through in World War II. Like when Godzilla is in Tokyo during like the end of the second act and he's there for like a good like 10 minutes of the film just wreaking havoc everywhere. Like towards the end, we start getting these big giant wide shots of you can see just for the entire horizon, all of Tokyo is just on fire. And that's the reference back during the war when the United States would drop firebombs on Tokyo and basically half the city would be on fire most of the time. The very next scene that we cut to, the aftermath of like the next morning, after they put all the fires out, like most of Tokyo looks like what happened to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And they even directly referenced them a number of times. There's a random scene where there's like some pedestrians looking at some of the news articles that are covering the story about this giant monster found off the coast and fishermen boats and shit like that. And now it's radioactive and this just offline from this one character. She's just like, Oh, is it like, I feel like we're going to, to, do we have to go back in the, in the shelters again? Do we have to go underground again? I don't want to do that again. And there's also like this one scene I love when Godzilla is just going through the city and we pause for a moment and go to this alleyway where there's this mother and she's holding her two children, you can assume to be like four or maybe six years old, her two children, and she's like holding them, like squeezing them really tight as she's looking at Godzilla at the horizon coming towards them. And the dialogue is like, it's like, don't worry, it's okay, we'll, we, we'll be with daddy soon, we'll see him soon. As in like their dad died in the war, it's like, ah, fuck. That is dark <laughs> as fuck. And then the one character you can remember the name of, 
one of the leads, um, Dr. Serizawa, he's very, I, I like iconography wise, he's very recognizable in this film because he walks around with an eye patch. And in one of the deleted scenes, it's explained that he has an eye patch because he had his eye shot out when he was uh, an infantry man in the war. Yeah, how many of the, how much, so did, when the American version, they took out pretty much all of that, correct? All of it. It was not there anymore. It was just, oh, look, it's a giant monster stomping on buildings. Yeah, because I was going to say, I just watched it today and I didn't see any of that referenced in there at all. And the uh, the lead actor, Akira Takarada, um, when I saw him a few years ago at um, G-Fest, which is the world's only Comic-Con ever for Godzilla and giant monsters, he was talking about his life leading up to um, Gojira and how he barely even survived being a uh, like a little kid during the time of World War II in Japan. Like He and his brother were trying to flee from one of the villages and he talked about this story about how he was actually shot in his stomach. His brother was trying to help carry him like along this like train tracks for like these few days to get to safety. And he's got holes in his stomach from all kinds of bullet holes and shit like that. And he's like, yeah, I'm surprised I survived to the day to become an actor, and especially to even act in a film that referenced World War II and what we went through. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, Godzilla, people don't realize it's more than just a movie. It's like what a lot of people went through during World War II. Because, like, when you watched it from the context of being a Japanese citizen in the 1950s, you'd be looking on screen and you're, like, you related a lot more to it because you understood the, the messaging and the, the political undertones and you could relate because, like, you knew of someone who went through an event like this. It was, it was much more uh, personable to the Japanese audience back in the day, and that's why I consider it a social political horror genre. Oh, it definitely is. Like I said, the, people don't realize the first. They don't. I don't think people realize the common person, but doesn't know much about Godzilla. The original Godzilla was black and white. That it wasn't cheesy like the ones they're used to seeing. Then people reference all the time. So I don't think they don't understand that uh, how straightforward, no comedic stuff, none of that was in this movie. And it's very much a metaphorical film, as in it's like this is what we went through as a society in the past 10 years, but also at the same time, a warning for worldwide society to change. Because at the very end of the film, when um, Dr. Serizawa's uh, weapon is deployed and he ends his own life and Godzilla's life, we have one of the other main characters, um, Dr. Yamane, he basically has like the ending lines of the movie where he's essentially like, I theorize that if we continue all this nuclear testing and nuclear power, that it's only a matter of time before another Godzilla awakens. So let me ask you this. I cannot remember for the life of me, how does he get resurrected in the second one? It's not the same Godzilla. It's a sibling. Is that what they said? Yeah, because the one in the very first film, he's clearly killed. And then they recognize that in the second one, they're like, oh, this must be another member of its species that was also woken up by the atom bombs. Okay, and I do like the fact the first three movies, like, because then at the end of that one, he gets covered in ice, and then the third one... And then in, God in King Kong versus Godzilla, he breaks out of an iceberg that detached from that island. Right, so I thought that was kind of cool how they, uh, the continuity of the first three. And the reason why, um, even more into, like, the metaphorical tones, the reason why Godzilla's skin is all, like, black and charcoal and, like, that texture is because they directly wanted to reference the burns that people had exposed to the h-bomb not like the radiation burns but like the burns from like when you drop an a-bomb uh -huh. if you're like close enough to where you're not going to be blown away like into ashes but if you're you can be close enough to where just the light not even the heat the light that's first emitted from the bomb from the moment 
it explodes will literally burn you in an instant. It's not even the heat, it's just the light from it. And they like, it makes, you look like you're fucking charcoal. So they wanted it to be like, oh, this creature was hibernating and an H-bomb was tested on top of its body and now it's all like scarred and deformed and now it's radioactive and now it can spit radioactive fire. So now it's coming out of the ocean for revenge against humanity. Hey, so with the original Godzilla costume, was that used in any other movie or no? No, each movie had to build its own costume because just the way they made them, it was um, the original costume was made from vinyl and resin and was 200 pounds. Holy shit. So that actor, um, because of like the stage lights that they had and shit like that, he would pass out regularly on set from exhaustion inside of the suit and dehydration because he lost about 20 pounds of weight just in sweat alone during that production inside of that costume. Well, no shit. He probably only weighed like 150 pounds himself. Yeah. He, he was he a was very skinny guy. <laughs> and even yeah, skinnier when pictures, they wrapped yeah. filming. So when they did the sequel, like a few months later, um, your favorite one, Raids Again, he requested that they slim down the costume and make it lighter. So that's why when you see between the two movies that the first Godzilla is a lot bulkier and heavier and fatter than in your favorite one. He's much more slimmer and athletic. So when then when they did the color ones, I noticed sometimes, like how you described his color, how come everybody thinks that Godzilla is green? That kind of came off of some of the marketing posters for um, King of the Monsters in 1956 and also King Kong versus Godzilla because the American posters, when they, they, they did hand-painted colored posters, they always painted him as a green monster in those two posters. So that's why everyone got stuck in their heads that he was green, even though he was never green until the Hanna-Barbera cartoons in the 70s. Which and I also um, the two Godzilla movies from 1999 and 2000 where he was green. But I like those designs because it was interesting because his skin was green and that his dorsal fins and his spines were actually purple. And that was very unique. And I think with the green color too, it shows off the blood more. Now, the only ones where he was actually bloody was ones where he was still like his charcoal color. Oh, really? Well, okay, well. You are the expert <laughs> on that, sir. But uh, I just didn't know. Because I know like, all the time, it's like, every time I see a Godzilla, I'm like, he's not fucking green. Also, I don't know if I ever explained this to you, but um, it's very unique how they created Godzilla's roar back in the 1950s. You did tell them. You told me, but go ahead. It was um, the film's music composer, um, Akira Ifukube. Um, when he was coming up with some of the sound effects for the film, it was like um, like his his foot stomp that you would hear from like miles away. It's like, oh, fuck, he's coming. Like, almost like a Jaws music. They did by dropping, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was some kind of object into like the, 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 the silo of like a bass drum to get that sound effect. But then his roar was, he took those um, standard yellow rubber like cleaning gloves that you would have to clean your home. He took like resin, like liquid resin and smeared it all over the gloves so that when it dried, it was a very like bumpy, uneven texture. So then he took it, the glove, and he would run them on the string of like a, a double bass, like cello style instrument, and he just rubbed it in a weird way that we got our infamous Godzilla roar. And that is so cool, actually. Uh, I love the, I love the little knowledge you have about all not little all knowledge of everything Godzilla. <laughs> Literally, you're you're to Godzilla as I am to the Cubs. Like if you were to show me any just randomized image. Just pull off the internet, show me an image of Godzilla. I will tell you exactly what year and what film it was. Or I can say this right now. Oh, Clinton, what movie did Godzilla appear the largest? That would be the the, the trilogy of 3D animated movies that came out from 2000, 
uh, 17, 2018, where by the end of it, he was 300 meters tall, which was roughly almost somewhere around 1,000 feet in U.S. standard. Yeah, so that's, these are the, this is the knowledge that Clinton has about Godzilla. <laughs> Literally, he, he knows that not, he not only will he tell you the movie where he appeared the largest, he'll tell you how tall he was. Oh, maybe I could stump you on this one. What's the movie where he appeared the shortest? It wasn't a single film. It was a good number of his movies where he was only 50 meters tall, which is somewhere around 140, 150 feet tall. And that would be the entirety of the series from 54 until 1975. And then a couple of the 2000s ones, he was only like 55 meters tall. Okay, that's what I thought. Because, I mean, yeah, he literally looked the same height in the originals. Well, I'd say the original series, I guess. <laughs> so what, so what, so design-wise, did you like the first Godzilla design or did you like some of the later ones? The original Godzilla design is just fucking eye-fucking-conic. Okay. And some of the designs I ended up not being able to do were actually inspired some of the designs for... Uh, Shin Gojira in 2016 because at one point they were trying to design like the look of his head and at one point they wanted to give him this weird mutated bulbous weird ass head to sort of symbolize the mushroom cloud of an atom bomb but they decided not to do that and go with a more traditional Asian lizard dragon art style look with like the way the nose is done the ears the eyebrows and the cheeks and the fangs was like okay this is very like Asian culture, like dragon design. I like that. Yeah, as we're speaking right now, I'm looking at it right now. But it is cool. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. The actual original Godzilla, actually, even though I just watched the movie, seeing the stills of it, everything you just described is true. That is so crazy how you just got this off the top of your fucking head. <laughs> it's just years and years and years of me constantly watching behind the scenes stuff and constantly watching the films on repeat as a kid. Yeah, they, the Shin Godzilla is actually a pretty good movie, so I definitely recommend for people to see that. That one is closest in tone to the original film. Like, it's dead serious and takes where the original film had to its time commentaries about society and politics that the new one does for society and politics in the 2010s. Yeah, but the thing they got to realize, too, is that also the one you're talking about has no camp value to it at all. It's a straightforward, serious movie. It's not like, it's not like the ones ended up being in the late in the late sixties, early to mid seventies, where they were like <clears throat> extremely campy. This one has no camp value to it at all. And at one point in the original, when you first see Godzilla, it was actually cut and reshot because I considered it too graphic at the time. Is in the very original film, the very first time you ever see him, he peeks his head up over a mountain, and everyone freaks out and runs away. They're like, "What the fuck?" and or the original version of that scene they shot was when he lifts his head up above the mountain and looks over the mountain and sees all the people. He has a cow carcass hanging out of his mouth and blood dripping. So like, mm, maybe we not put that cut in there and put in just him looking over. I think the cow carcass would have worked much better. <laughs> Wait, so let me answer this. Okay, so you got Godzilla. Godzilla raids again. Then all these other movies in between until 1985. They make what they call a direct sequel to Godzilla. So why, two things on this, if you would know, why would they discard Godzilla Raids again? And secondly, why did the movie bomb and suck so bad? It bombed in the United States, but it was a huge success in Japan because it was actually a serious movie in Japan and not like lighthearted camp edited down in America. 
but it was more so like they wanted to reboot it and not remake it. They did what you could call a legacy sequel. Okay. Like what's going on with horror films nowadays where they ignore all the sequels and just follow the original movie. That's what they did for that one. You can just call that one like a legacy sequel essentially. Because they wanted to wipe the slates clean because the reason why they kept losing so much box office numbers is because the quality of the films went down so bad and there are more kid movies and stuff like that. And like several years later, they're like, you know what? Why don't we start again but give it the same like tone and style and then like the political metaphors that they did with the original film. So, of course, the political metaphors in the 80s was, of course, the Cold War. So they had the subplot of, like, the United States and Soviet governments trying to control Japan on whether what they should do with Godzilla and shit like that. Well, let me, so you were supposed to... I, I can't find the copy anywhere because I've never seen the Japanese version of that film. I showed it to you, and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. But did you show me the whole thing, though, or no? Yeah. Okay, I guess that is the one I was the one I was thinking of then. Okay, because the, the American one, if anybody's out there, do not get the American version. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, that one is just called Godzilla nineteen eighty five. Yeah. And now the current English language version of the Japanese cut is just called The Return of Godzilla. Yeah, because this, I mean, in Japan, wasn't this made in actually uh, nineteen eighty four? It didn't get released here until eighty five. Yeah, because when it got released in the United States. They were, of course, going to re-edit it down and add different scenes, but what they did was they added scenes with Raymond Burr, who was still alive, to make it their direct sequel to their cut of Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 1956. So I want, so that, yeah, I would like to see, because I mean, like, even though you said it was successful in Japan, how come there was no, like, direct sequel, or, like, what was the next one made after that? It wasn't until later, like a few years later, right? Uh... Four years later, we got Godzilla vs. Biollante, and that is a direct sequel. And that one came out in 89, 90? 89. 89, okay. So I'm curious, um, you did the ratings for the original one. Can you look up two more? I'm just cool, curious to see how Godzilla raids again. How that one, and then I want to curious about the 1985 one. For Godzilla raids again, on IMDb, it's uh, 5.8 okay. out of 10. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 60% with critics and 37% with the audience. Really? But then the uh, 1984 film, Return of Godzilla, on IMDb, it's 6.9 out of 10. But then on Rotten Tomatoes, they don't have a page for that, but they have a page for the American version called Godzilla 1985. And that one has 27% with critics, but then the audience is 66. Yeah, because the, the, that one's, yeah, I know that one got horribly reviewed. My favorite one, my other favorite one I'm looking up, See, the audience score for Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, only 49%. Tomato meter is 62, which I think is critics. Yeah. And then on the other one, IMDb, it got a decent one, I suppose, but six, uh, six on IMDb, 60. So I don't know. I, so the ones I seem to like, no one likes. <laughs> now, the, the highest rated ones, say, for example, on Rotten Tomatoes would be the original one at 93%. The American edit of that one at 83%. Walter versus Godzilla from 60, from 64 is 92%. Then you've got um, the next other highest rated one is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from the 70s at 86%. Then you go to um, the remake of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla in the 90s at 83%. And then we have Godzilla versus Destroyer at 100% with the critics. Then you got um, Shin Gojira is up at 86%. But then 
the new Godzilla vs. Kong is at 75% with 91% audience rating. So let me ask you, would you ever, I know it can never happen, never ever happen, but would you ever want to see a Godzilla vs. Gamera? Oh, fans of both sides have been wanting that for decades, but it would, it would just never ever happen. Well, didn't the Gamera studio go out of business? Yeah, they don't exist anymore. So who owns the rights then? Uh, no one. I mean, there's like, it's up for debate on where it actually is, but no one knows at this point. There's never going to be another Gamera film ever. I would love, I mean, that, that's my dream too, to see Godzilla vs. Gamera. Because, you know, all these other monsters, like, I'm getting sick of, you know, ooh, Rodan, Mothra. That's why I do that, that flower one was kind of cool because it was a different monster. It wasn't Mecha, it wasn't Rodan, it wasn't Mothra, it wasn't Ghidorah, it wasn't Pegasaurus, or the fuck that spiky, what's it called? Michael Doherty, the director and co-writer of the 2019 American uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, he said that if he ever got his chance to make other Godzilla sequels after the new Godzilla vs. Kong, he would love to do a remake of Bailante. When I first saw that one, I was like, oh, this is dumb, this monster. But then as it went on, I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of cool. I mean, it, it's it's because it's, it's new and it's different. Because the commentary of that one was like genetic engineering and scientists going too far. Right, exactly. Like each film usually has like a commentary, but we lose that with the American ones, except for the 2014 one with like Aaron Taylor Johnson. There's still political connotations with that one. And there's a little bit of political connotations with the sequel King of the Monsters. But other than that, most of the American productions don't really have much of a like underlying meaning like many of the Japanese ones do, which what is what makes them great. What are you talking about? Godzilla 98 had a great one. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my god. I just called that one Jurassic Park, New York. Because Jurassic Park was big in the 90s and they wanted anything to emulate that, so. And, they, and then why, why would they come up with the idea of making a not even, this thing didn't even look like Godzilla at all? Because they wanted to be like, oh, this is the realistic interpretation. I'm like, yes, but also there's no such thing as a realistic interpretation if you're dealing with a creature that's 40 meters tall. Yeah, no shit. So it's like, you have to suspend disbelief what the fucking thing's going to look like. Yeah, that movie was so fucking terrible. I mean, it just was. I mean, it had a good starring cast, but I mean, it just was, just was so... I mean, the, the opening scene where he's coming out of the water, before you see what he looks like, you just see boom, boom, all that stuff. And then when you see a look... I remember when, he, when I saw Godzilla, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? It's like, you're doing great until, oh, shit. Yeah, and it was just, it's like, I don't know if it's a producer or if it's whoever it is, or it's the director himself or herself that shoots themselves in the foot that when they start out, it's like, oh my God, you're going so good, but all of a sudden, boom, they just make a left turn. It just it just goes all downhill. And well, fortunately, Godzilla vs. King Kong, the, the remake, that had no direction to go but down or up because that thing was down the whole time. There was nothing good about that movie. I was so upset by that movie. I know, and I, I was like, thank God we agree on a fucking, on this movie. Because we were going through stretches there where you're like, oh, I like this movie. I hate it. I like it. I hate this movie. I liked it. I almost walked out of the theater and got my money back. You, you almost did? But I didn't because I was there with another friend, so I wasn't going to abandon him in the middle of the screening. It was, I can't even watch it again. I cannot. I cannot watch it. I was it. looking forward to it, too, because it was a horror director that I liked, and he graduated from the same college as me. So I'm like, oh... 
represent. I gotta go see his movie, and it's also Godzilla. Fuck yeah. Oh shit, it's really bad. Oh shit, why are we doing a scene that's ripping off 2001 Space Odyssey? Oh shit, what the fuck is this? Oh, what the fuck? I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. What was the director's <laughs> name? Adam Wingard. Okay. He's the one that did the new Blair Witch movie you really liked. Yeah, I did like that one, actually. So why do they, it's so weird how you have this mega franchise like Godzilla. Why don't you put people who actually like Godzilla into making those movies? I mean, that's what they did with the new American directors. Granted, just this last one didn't click very well with us two, but then it clicked so well that it's the highest rated American one ever made. Oh, really? Godzilla vs. King Kong is up there? Godzilla vs. King Kong is one of the highest rated Godzilla films ever made. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's good. That means because people were so excited to see it. It doesn't mean it Because it's good. like all the critics and all the audience ratings, they're way up there, all of them. So now what we can expect is whenever the possibility of them greenlighting another American film, it's going to follow the same format of Godzilla vs. Kong because of how successful it was financially and review-wise that they're going to copy the same format. See, this is one of those movies that will not last the test of time. Just like we talked about, we you know, got Alien lasted. Aliens, to me, does not stand up today. But the only reason, does. the only one little thing I actually liked about the newest um, Godzilla vs. Kong is the fact that he made Godzilla menacing. I'm like, yes, he's supposed to be aggressive. He's supposed to be fucking scary. Thank you so much. This is what was missing from the previous two American films where... They started to put him more into the hero light. I'm like, no, 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 That's not Godzilla. He's supposed to be foreboding. He's supposed to be scary. He's not supposed to be emotive. He's not, he's not, like, like, that's not Godzilla. He's not supposed to be the hero. But then again, most American audiences will revert back to all the 60s and 70s Godzilla films because most Americans consider those ones the best ones. So, of course, many of the American filmmakers are going to more heavily reference that era of Godzilla. And the th funny thing is I'd still watch them. I would still watch any of those over Godzilla vs. King Kong. <laughs> or 1998, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at more people want to watch 1998 than realize how bad it is because I keep mentioning it. <laughs> but it's fucking terrible. I'm sorry. That's the last thing I'll say. It's just fucking terrible. In Japan, that version of Godzilla within the film, The Creature, is just called um, Jira. So they removed... Um, Go from the name, which would have went to the English title of God, so they just made it Zilla. So they took the they like the Japanese studio is like, yeah, looking back, I guess we're gonna rebrand it over here as like just like not officially, but as like a joke rebrand. We took God out of his name and just named him. Um, the character is Zilla over here. The film is still called Godzilla, but you can consider the creature called Zilla. All right, so uh, Clinton, give everybody your finalness on why, because the majority of people probably have not seen it. Tell people why they should go see Godzilla, 1954. Yes, definitely watch the original Japanese cut, which is in America just called Godzilla by itself, not Godzilla King of the Monsters. And make sure you see the little annotation of like the year, the release year of 1954, because this is the version you would probably, if you're looking for a more serious giant monster movie which is a tough sentence to sell um watch this one over the american cut but then again if you're looking for like something cheesy kick back kick my feet up type night just lay on the couch uh then go ahead and watch the 1956 edit godzilla um king of the monsters because that one's fun for that kind of style but if you're looking for something that is the start of an era kind of like how dawn of the dead was a start of an era 
like how Star Wars was the start of an era, etc., then watch this original version of Godzilla and see basically the origin of a lot of like these other movies that came from before. So you get this idea of like, oh wow, this is what came before. This is what inspired like so much in pop culture. Like this is kind of cool to finally see this and see why it's so big in pop culture. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I would, I would, I would, that's a hundred percent accurate statement what you just said. And also I would suggest after the original Godzilla, obviously if you want to do the nice little trilogy in a row, Godzilla then raids again and got the original Godzilla versus King Kong. Then you can skip a few and go to uh, Godzilla vs. Hedora, which a.k.a. Smog Monster. <laughs> no, but I would say those, those are my recommendations for the first four to see, without a doubt, out of the originals. And I, like, I mean, I know you, you like all the crazy monsters fighting each other. I'm like, they're okay when you have like 10 of them mixed together, but... Well, some of my biggest ones are him just by himself. That would be this one, the original one from 54. Mm-hmm. Then definitely also see Shin Gojira from 2016. And definitely see Return of Godzilla from 1984. Yeah, I, I you know, I have to watch that again because I don't remember. I know I probably did say that. I just don't remember seeing it. I mean, I do remember. I mean, I remember you now, you us watching it because it was nothing like the original. I mean, when I say the original, the, the American, American version. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when we're done with this, I'm going to watch Godzilla vs. Hedorah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm going to go watch right now. Because, uh, yeah, I just I feel like I already watched Godzilla before this. Now I'm going to watch uh, Hedorah. I can't find Raids again anywhere right now. Oh, I think it's on HBO Max, maybe. It's going to be on HBO Max. Is it or no? It should be because on HBO Max, all the Godzilla films that they have, aside from the New American ones, are from Criterion Collection. And Criterion Collection has the copyright from all the films from 1954 until 1975. Yeah, but they knocked them all off. They don't, they, they, one time they had every Godzilla movie on there, and then now they only have like eight or nine. Looks like someone needs to invest into physical copies. I do. Well, yeah, well, you got them all, so. Criterion Collection has an actual box set of 1954 until 1975 all in one set, but it's, like, super expensive because it's, like, 15 movies. Yeah, I'm sure it's, like, 50 or 500 bucks. No, it's, um, it's, like, 100, 120. Oh, okay, it's not awful, but you got all the Godzilla fucking goddamn monsters, too, the, the statues, whatever you want to call them, figurines. Mm-hmm. Don't, what was the, what, don't you have one that costs like a shit ton of money? A lot of them already cost a shit ton of money. See, him with his stuff of Godzilla, he would never get rid of. Me and my stuff with the Chicago Cubs, I will never get rid of. <laughs> so, thank you, Clinton, for the incredible history of not just Godzilla, the first movie, but all of them, of what you went through. Because literally, I hope when people listen to this, they'll know that, you know, there are different periods of Godzilla, and they're all different. I mean, like you said, the original two have a more darker tone. Then it starts getting lighthearted, and then it picks back up again, not being lighthearted for the rest of the movies. So that's the big difference, I think, between the late 60s and 70s to the 90s and the 2000s ones, because the 90s and 2000s weren't really campy at all. They were very serious, a very serious tone. And I think you, personally, should start a, a letter campaign or whatever, an online sign petition to have Godzilla vs. Gamera. Because you could do that. <laughs> There's been many of those over the decades, but of course nothing came out of them. Yeah, but you're probably the biggest Godzilla fan I've ever met in my life, so you might just be able to do it. Actually, you're the biggest <laughs> Godzilla slash Gamera fan. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, one day we'll have to do a whole thing about Gamera and teach people what the hell Gamera is. <laughs> we'll have to do the 90s because those ones are the more horror-driven versions of them. Well, yeah, like that's the one also that's got the, 
you know, he bumped into my building and killed my family. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. But thank you again, everybody, for listening to another fantastic stories of Clinton telling about Godzilla and everything horror. Because this guy <laughs> knows it all and he pays attention to the little details you might not think of. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Every movie, like when we did the Demons one, you had all this little tidbits that you know, not one person would probably notice but you. You stay so focused I'm a very, on the movie. I'm a very visual person, let's say. <laughs> Oh, so, no, this, this is what I was going to try to come up with a joke, but I did not feel the need to do that. So, but yes, you, you are very visual when it comes to all these movies, any movie. Thank you, Clinton. And I hope everybody listens to this Godzilla one. And I have a feeling down the line, we'll be doing a couple more Godzilla shows because I'm going to rewatch a lot of them again and definitely talk about them. Cause those are my, that, that is growing up. That was my favorite thing to do. Getting home from school, ABC movie of the week from three to five Godzilla. <laughs> But that being said, Clinton, anything else you want to say about Godzilla before we wrap up? I think I've so far managed to say whatever I wanted to say about the original version. Let's say maybe, for example, maybe one more episode or two down the line of maybe one or two of the other Godzilla films where I dive more into those ones where this one was much more of a deep dive into our original origin for him. But we'll see. Sweet. And then uh, our next podcast, I think, is going to be TBD. Correct. We don't know what we're going to do yet for our next one. As of recording, we're not sure what the next episode's going to be, but once it's uploaded, you're going to see what it is, I guess. <laughs> see everybody later. We'll see you uh, next time on what do we call Clinton? The Living Dead Queers. Queers. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you our next show. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>